<laughs> Did I scare you? Hello, you are listening to the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film. Did I scare you? I am your host, Jake Albrecht. I am his co-host and little brother, Vin. Oh, you threw some sauce on the end there, Vinny. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, could be a little something different. I don't know. Yeah. Why not? Your character's uh, ever evolving. Uh, Yeah. 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 I mean, I went from Christmas Vin to I th- think I did like a game show Vin at one point. I only vaguely remembered Christmas Vin until you mentioned it. Now it was like <laughs> I was suddenly sucked into a horrible memory. <laughs> like just awful memories of me just peeking things out a little too loud with Christmas tunes. It was like if an old friend was like, "Hey, do you remember that time you pissed yourself at school?" And I was like, "That never happened." <laughs> It's happening now. <laughs> Everyone's pointing. The pee alarm's going off. That's all that would happen to you. would be like, remember that time when he peed his pants? And it's like, no. I, and then you hear peep, peep. <laughs> <laughs> As you get the dissolve shot of your life. <laughs> Anyways... For those of you who haven't listened before, this is the podcast where we two brothers switch off picking horror movies and attempt to scare the other one. Vinny, you selected the movie this week. What is the name of the movie you selected? I did select this movie this week. Uh, I picked... Oh boy. I forgot the director's name. I'm just going to say I picked Alien. It's Ridley Scott is the director of Alien. (laughs) It is uh, his most famous movie by far. Yes, the 1979? Yeah, 1979. That was another thing. I was just going to hit the date off the top of my head. And I'm like, I don't want to sound like an asshole. But you know what? I did anyways. In your way. In your inimitable way. I don't uh, even know what that word means. It's un- <laughs> You would be unable to imitate it. Uh, Vinny... Have you ever seen Alien before? It's going to come as a shock. But after actually watching it and taking notes, I don't think I have. I've only seen like two of like the most important clips, right? You know, face hugger, chest burst. And I think that's really it. Like cuz I don't really recall anything else in this movie. I thought for a second you were going to say Sigourney Weaver in the tidy whities with the uh with the tight shirt on, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I watched that and was like, well, all I have to say is she really ain't got a butt. But that's it. Well, you know, she's a very tall lady. <laughs> it's just back to legs. That's, <laughs> that's just engineering, though. If you build a skyscraper, you don't put a hump in the middle. <laughs> Because, like, structurally, it wouldn't hold up well. I mean, no, but aesthetically, at least it looks good. You know, you gotta have some concorves and, like, some sort of dimensions to make it look pretty. Yeah, some people like skyscrapers, too. I don't know what we're saying anymore, and I don't want to say it, so... Uh, you, you haven't watched Alien before. Have you seen any of the other Alien movies? 
I feel like I've seen it might have been Alien Resurrection because that's the one one where Sigourney comes back and she's like a hybrid like alien uh, something I don't know she's a clone or something I think it's also like widely regarded as the very worst of the series yeah I, I for some reason I just remember seeing that and then I've seen Alien vs Predator and then I've seen Prometheus I don't know this off the top of my head, but I feel like this answer must be true. Did Guillermo del Toro do Alien Resurrection? And is that why Ron Perlman's in it? Let us find out. All right. So through the magic of uh, Google. No, it was Jean-Pierre Jouant. (laughs) Yep. Can't say that I'm too familiar with his other work. So I'll let that one go then, I suppose. Yeah, I was. You know who did this? The uh, screenplay for it, though. No, Joss Whedon. I had heard that at some point. <laughs> that was unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> that was in the, the period of his career where he was a script doctor, and I imagine they handed him a script so bad they were like, just like, just doctor that whole like you cut this body in half and just like sew it back up however you can. He's like, this isn't doctor, more like Frankensteinian like type shit. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah whatever. Like, Just do it. There was that David Duchovny movie in the '90s where he's like a doctor for like uh, criminals, and they bring him a body and they're like, "Fix him," and he's like, "It's dead. He's dead." <laughs> and they like pull cock the gun on him, and he's like, "I'll see what I can do." <laughs> That's what they did to Joss Whedon with his script. Just kind of like strung, you know, like a bunch of like duct tape and things together to prop it up and make it look like a puppet, and it's like, see, it's alive. How's it going? Yeah, I'm wondering at what hour of the night he decided that Sigourney Weaver has to be a clone to come back. I've... It had to be sometime later than three for him to be like, this will probably fly. Nobody will care. See, I've never seen two or three, so I don't know like what happens. But I do know some of, like, what was it? Rodriguez, right? That's in the second one. She's, she's like yeah, she's one chick. of the Marines in the second one, Aliens. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, that is this Aliens. I, f- I forgot yeah. that they they named their their sequels stupid. Well, all right. <laughs> that one's directed by James Cameron, of course. Oh, my bad. Maybe eventually I'll end up watching it. Regardless, we're not here to discuss the second one, which Hey, aren't you excited that I didn't pick a sequel for this? I was blown away. I was also, it was uh, very surprising that you chose Alien. I had almost picked Alien several times myself already, and it's something that I would definitely consider more my cup of tea than yours. Well, Alien is considered as basically a staple in horror, mostly for its suspense and its set pieces and the xenomorphs. Like, the yeah. xenomorphs are just about in every fucking thing these days. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, uh, it's obviously very pervasive in the culture, and it's gone on to spawn uh, six movies now. Yeah, and I think they're working on another. Uh, aren't they working on a fucking sequel to Prometheus? Uh, they, I mean, Alien Covenant was a sequel to Prometheus, and then, yes, I believe they're doing yet another one at some point, because uh, they got to bring Michael Fassbender back there to try to uh, pretend suck that dick with that flute again. <laughs> 
as what? androids probably are just like, hmm, it's doable. <laughs> and it's like calculations, success. <laughs> We're getting probably too far afield with the alien sequels. Uh, what led you to, to choose this movie, then? Why did you decide to pick this for this week? I just kind of blindfully picked it because I didn't really have anything good in uh-huh. mind. And it was just, it came upon me that I was like, you know what? I don't think I've really seen this movie. And I kind of feel like I need to pick it because didn't I pick like Silent Hill like a couple episodes ago? And I feel like that one was like, I see you're atoning (laughs) for your sins. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. I'm doing it to appease you. So you don't torture me. (laughs) Well, there's no predicting what I'm going to do. Oh, good Christ. All right, well, Vinny, I think we've probably, I would say, not even talked about Alien too much, talked about (laughs) all the Alien sequels too much, so maybe let's just get into this movie. Yeah, let's take a bite. Yeah, you know what? Let us tarry no further, Vin. So the first thing we get is the old 20th Century Fox logo, which R.I.P., and also fuck Disney, as I will say anytime it comes up. And then we open on Space. With not much noise, because you know why, Vin? Because there, in space there can't be noise? Okay, I mean, yes, the very famous... You didn't quite get the tagline for this, which is what I was trying to lead <laughs> well, I didn't you get. I didn't want to get slapped with, like, a, a cease and desist. You know, yes. I don't own those phrasings. In space, no one can hear you scream. Yes, the very, very famous tagline for this movie. At, so while it's going through like space, you can see like the title forming. Yes. And at first, I was just like, "Oh, uh, it's like this weird like, I I like because it's supposed to be alien, but I was like, looks more like Alien, like A L I I C N. I was like, what's going on here? They went with a very aggressive font, but I think it makes sense given the subject matter at hand. No, it's cool because it slowly forms into saying alien. So, but I just, you know, my mind moved too fast to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I already like went over it in my head and was like stupid. <laughs> You're like Alan. Who's Alan? <laughs> Anyways, we get some soft strings and then a title card with the name of the ship, the Nostromo. And where it's heading. Back to Earth. Or is it? Well, it's it's trying to. What's that? Well, it's trying to head back to Earth. We'll see how it goes. Uh, It's very dark and industrial looking inside the ship, which is interesting because a lot of sci-fi movies, uh, you know, the spaceships look very clean. They Mm -hmm. look very futuristic. Everything's very bright. But this is like very dank. It looks more kind of like, I would say, classic submarine. Yeah, if we wanted to like put in contrast, say like Galaxy Quest, you put that versus this movie and you would see an ultimate difference. Whereas like Galaxy Quest is very bright, very colorful. This is just dank and like kind of gothic, like techno gothic, I'd say. Yeah, there's like light orange lights in it and like everything is very metal and there's a lot of steam and water pouring everywhere. Yeah, it's very mute. Everything's like, even like the, well, like later, but the clothes that people are wearing, not very extravagant, just very plain and mute. No, they look just like regular workers, I would say, like blue collar workers. Yeah. 
like the type of people that work on, uh, say, like an oil rig or something. Mm-hmm. So we get a panning shot establishing the space of the ship, and it's very claustrophobic. It's a great shot. And then something jiggles around in a box, and some papers blow past, and everything on the ship is quiet and dead. But then a computer comes online, it boots up a bunch of systems. All the lights start coming on in the hallways, then a pod door opens, and inside a chamber, the crew of the ship starts coming out of cryo sleep. Mm-hmm. Got that one guy that's rising out of the pod, you know, very slowly. He's got his eyes still kind of closed because, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to open them yet. And it's like, I, hey, man, that's like me every day when I get out of bed. I like slowly rise with my eyes still closed like, do, do I dare? <laughs> and most yep. days I don't want to. I also feel very similar to that. I would like to point out that that actor is uh, John Hurt, who passed away recently. Oh, oh, that—that's John Hurt. Yeah. No shit. You couldn't tell by the voice. Oh man, well, it's all starting to make sense. He looks so fucking young. <laughs> no, it's yeah, just it was the... like forty-two years ago. Now. Well, it's just the last time that I've seen John Hurt. He. Well, this is like Doctor Who shit, but he was the war doctor. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say Hellboy's dad. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all coming together. Oh, rest in peace, John Hurt. Wow. Yeah. So we cut to the crew eating later. Some some of them are like smoking because it's the 1970s. Yeah. yeah. And they can't foresee the actual future, or people are like, "Oh no, don't do that in public." <laughs> shouldn't probably be doing that around all of like those you know instruments either yeah yeah you'd have to assume there's like uh real pure oxygen getting pumped in there so that's always a risk too <laughs> inflammable means flammable <laughs> well that's probably why all the stuff looks mutant color it's all fucking drenched in like cigarette smoke <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it makes like it makes the shots look better, I think, but I don't know. If it was me, I would have had him chewing chaw or something on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so John Hurt says he feels dead, and Yafet Koto's like, he looks dead. And they all have a good laugh, but, you know, wait a day. <laughs> the Harry Dean Stamp makes a signal to Yafet Koto, and Koto brings up the, the rest of the crew... That before they land, maybe they should discuss giving them more money, please. They're always talking about that bonus, which, hey, gotta get paid. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing that this movie does is like to establish it as like a real work crew, which is that people work are constantly bitching about how much you're getting paid. It's real though. It feels so real. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they do not let it go. Well, I mean, look at what the fuck they go through. Would you oh, do this sure. shit for free? No, if they survived, I definitely would be like, I'd like all the shares of the dead members. Yes, all five of them. <laughs> Although I suppose that probably goes to their surviving families, but... Anyways, <laughs> Top Scarrett tells them that they'll get what they're contracted, and then Harry Dean Stanton grasses that they're contracted to get less than everyone else, which is like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> So Scarrett leaves the room and goes to talk to the mission computer. He gets an electronic swivel chair in the room. And the room's kind of like a white dome with blinking lights everywhere. And he talks to Mother, which is the name of the main computer. And also of a Jennifer Lawrence movie, I'll probably pick to torture video at some point. Oh, God. 
So anyways, he asks Mother what the story is, and the story of Mother is basically this. It's kind of Adam and Eve, but at first I thought it was something else entire. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm discussing that Jennifer Lawrence movie again. <laughs> the Dear story God. is basically Please don't. Uh, <laughs> this, as he goes to tell the crew later, because they're not home like they were supposed to be when they woke out of cryo sleep. They're in some other strange space system, and none of them know why. But what's <laughs> yeah, and while they're going through like all these different systems to try to contact people to figure out why during this whole scene. And what's going on there? We got Coffet and, and Stanton are down in the... Not Coffet. Yafet Kodo and Stanton are in the balls of the ship, still complaining about how bad they get treated. They come back to the rest of the crew, and <laughs> in a nice little moment, Kodo uh, kicks Ian home out of his seat when he gets up. I don't remember that. Yeah, well, Ian Holmes there just kind of looking all Weasley throughout most of this movie. That's true. It's so weird because, like, I'm trying to... Now it's, like, one time that you're saying all these names, and I'm just like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Oh, for once, I've done the reverse, which is if I don't say the character names, you don't know? No, I don't even know the characters' names. All right, well, oh. there's, like, Yafet Kodo is the black dude, and then Harry okay. Keith Stanton's the, the guy with the hat that works with him. Right, he's the yeah, he's got right. the the pilot cap and whatnot. Tom Scarrett's the mustache that runs the whole crew. Okay, yeah. John Hurt's the brave one who's right. like maybe still like stupidly brave. Not yeah, yeah. I know who he is. Yeah. Ian Holmes, the slimy guy who's not a robot. Wink, <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Sigourney Weaver is Ripley. Obviously. Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. And then I... there is some other lady. <laughs> But basically, most of the crew is famous enough that I'm just going to go by their actor names, and then there's some other lady. I love it. Okay, because I was just like, I, you know, it's I don't know this lady's name, so... <laughs> or rather, not the lady, but like most of these actors' names. Okay, well, you got them now? You got them down? Yes, I'm good now. You know, Tom Scare was in Top Gun? Yeah, I, I know that. I Ian just Holmes, didn't Bilbo know... Baggins? Would it make you feel more comfortable if I went that way with it? Yeah, let's just call him Bilbo. If a John Hurt, you want me to just say Hellboy's dad? <laughs> you, could call, you could call him John Hurt, because I know who John Hurt is. All right, all right. Yafet Kodo's most famous for this, so it's hard to call him something else. That's fine. Yafet Kodo's great. Let's move on. All right. We don't normally spend this much time going over it. I know. This is different. This is kind of like off the beaten path. All right, so Tom Scarrett, who's the mustache, let's say mustache, <laughs> mustache tells the rest of the ship that uh, Mother redirected the course because it received an SOS from another ship. And Kodo's immediately like, this is a commercial ship, not a rescue ship. But if you're willing to pay me more. <laughs> more money, please. <laughs> yeah, he always finds a way to weasel it in. Then Ian Holmes, like, the contract says there's a clause where we have to explore any signs of intelligent life or forfeit all of the money. It's so... like, wait, wait a minute. I think <laughs> I would remember, said, and then he's got, like, something, like, jauntily, like, in hurriedly written down. <laughs> Son of a bitch, he's got us. I don't, does it look like a, to anyone else, like, a robot just scribbled this in? <laughs> Anyone? I don't know what you're talking about. 
it says all humans must forfeit their pay. <laughs> it's really weird that a human would try to specify that. Now, why Why would they? Weird. I don't understand. They're like, hey, he's a weird guy. Let's all move on. <laughs> so they approach a planet with a bunch of moons, and they send off a little ship uh, uh, off of the main one. Then we get some real 1970s computer graphics on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoy how these movies back in like the 70s and 80s where they're just like, I wonder what the future would be like. And you look at all of the equipment and whatnot, and you're like, I feel like our technology has far surpassed whatever they thought the expectations were. I like their little thing to, to simulate the terrain, which oh, is yeah. like... It looked like a 1970s, like, CAD program. Yeah. <laughs> where they just had, like, a series of, like, half circles to, like, simulate it. They even have, like, this, like, green hilly thing where it's, like, we're picking up turbulence. And literally, it's, like, you can see the ship shaking. And it's, like, I don't think you need a machine to tell you there's turbulence when you can feel it. <laughs> but, like, I think that howling wind's kind of giving me that impression, too. <laughs> So it gets very bumpy, but then it stabilizes, and they land, but then it's bumpier than expected, and there's an explosion in the cabin. And Vinny, do you know why that happened? Because I wasn't sure. I I rewind it thinking that I missed something, and I, no, I don't, I just, like, guess, like, their fucking ship is just fragile as fuck or something. Yeah, it was the equivalent of, like, missing a step on a stair and then catching yourself, and then, like taking the normal step onto the bottom one and just going like, and collapsing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I go and say fragile because as soon as they actually touch down, the ship just fucking starts like screaming robotic screams and just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, why did we program it to scream if it, like it feels pain? <laughs> That's a classic itchy and scratchy land. <laughs> <laughs> where they take the face off. <laughs> I really wish they wouldn't scream when you do that. Yeah, so, like, basically there's a bunch of explosions in there that they're like, oh, no, the ship's all busted. I guess we're stuck here for a while. <laughs> so they're talking to the maintenance guys because they're downstairs checking out what's going on, and Harry Dean Stanton says it'll take 17 hours to fix it, so... Kodo tells the uh, other crew that it'll take 25 hours. And then Sigourney Weaver's like, I'm going down there and check it out. And Stanton mutters to Kodo, she better stay the fuck out of my way, I'll tell you what. <laughs> she tells him to fuck off, too. That's later. Oh. We'll get to it. Okay. All right, Tom Skerritt, or Mustache, says they can't go anywhere with the wind, but Ian Holmes like, oh, well... Uh, the computer says the sun's coming up anyways, and we're only 2,000 meters away from the uh, signal. John Hurt's like, is that walking distance? And Holmes' like, uh, man, I guess it's like a program not to lie, but also I kind of need to, so... Well, while Scarrett kind of laughs sarcastically, like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> He's so, like... No. Ian Holmes breaking down the uh, chemical breakdown of the planet, and he describes it as primordial. Whatever that means. <laughs> <Not. laughs> I like, kid, I kid. Do you? <laughs> I <Yes>. worry. <laughs> All right, I won't dive into it. 
All right, so John Hurt or Hellboy's dad <laughs> volunteers to be in the group that goes out. And Scarrett's like, all right, the other lady's coming as well. He's like, you, not Sigourney Weaver, come on. So it's, Ian Holm gets into a new outfit and practices running in it, which is pretty crazy. Well, you got to be prepared, you know. You never know if you're going to have to run from something. You know, when he did it at first, I was like, is he going down on the planet? And then when he does it, I was like, oh, I don't know what that shot meant. And then uh, the rest of them, they all head out in their full spacesuits. And the wind is blowing all over the place. Yeah, it's kind of your basic hellscape. Well, and- it's <laughs> it's funny. They open up the door and it's just hailing fucking rocks and everything. And I just like to imagine John Hurts like doing his sprinting. And all of a sudden, he's just like, what? I don't want to go out there. <laughs> no, he would anyways. He presses on through too much stuff. It's the rest of it would be like, nope. <laughs> While over the distance, it's like, I think it's starting to calm down some. He's out there and those rocks are just breaking his fucking like globe. <laughs> He's like, hold on, let me get some more milk in. No. <laughs> wrong. wrong guy. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> So, back on the ship, Kodo asks Ripley again about the money, and then Stan threatens to stop working, and she's like, hey, why don't you guys fuck off? And then heads off through the steam. And back on the planet, there's debris shooting everywhere, and the other lady says she can't see a thing. And I feel like someone's like, why don't you stop griping? And she's like, I love griping. It's all I do. It's what I was casted for. I mean, what I was hired for. She's like, it says griping lady in the credits. It's like, it doesn't. You have a name. It's like like, Lambert or something, I think. Oh, no, I let the mask drop. I don't know character names. It's just what she says, like, I can't see anything. I was just waiting for her to walk into, like, the leg of the ship or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, boy, I can't see anything. <laughs> That's one less bonus we have to worry about, boys. <laughs> It'd be even better if they're like, I hate that she does that every time she steps down one step. <laughs> she just crawl. She just be crawling <laughs> like a kid. See. <laughs> Anyways, Ripley checks in with the at home. It's like, hey. They sent the transmission through IDU. He's like, Mother hasn't identified it yet, so she's like, Oh, do you mind if I give it a shot? And he looks like he really does mind, but he's like, No, please, I'd be delighted. <laughs> and he's like, I can't out myself so soon, so What's that? He's like he's like, I can't out myself so soon, so He's like, Why was I programmed to say my inner monologue out loud? <laughs> she's like, programmed? He's like, I mean, natural human thoughts. <laughs> yes. I am basic, awkward human. <laughs> She's like, all right, that story checks out. So we got our first shot of the cat on the board. And Vinny, normally I'd say start that countdown, but this fucker's going to make it out alive, so don't worry about it, baby. Yeah, we can put the clock away, people. Yep, you keep that clock wherever you keep it when you're not waiting for animals to die. Okay, and... <gasps> Uh, all right we're good (laughs) the ground crew has gotten to some more quiet terrain 
We hear their breathing apparatuses as they walk around. And honestly, like, the air comes out of the top of them, and it looks like, like a, uh, a humidifier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that's pretty basic, but like it does look cool. I mean, yeah, you know it. Listen, it's not fashionable, but functional. Yeah, that's all I asked for out of a movie. Like, make it look like a thing, right? Uh, let's see. And they come up on the abandoned ship, and the other woman wants to leave, but Hellboy's dad wants them to go on. So their signal starts to break up which uh, Ian Holm freaks out about. Then they head up to the ship, and the signal's still all garbled. Then we get a POV shot of them exploring the ship, which is very dark and wet, and while they're looking through it, their breathing is kind of echoing through it, so it's very creepy. Let's put a heavy emphasis on wet. (laughs) Yes, it's very (laughs) wet. It's very wet. It looks like something where something unsavory is growing, and guess what? That's because it is. (laughs) You would probably stick the word moist here with a capital M. Yeah, it, it like looks like a place where I'd be like, oh, I'm not going in there. No, thank you. <laughs> now, Jake, do you know what this ship is? What it is? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, do you remember what this ship is? You mean from like Prometheus or you from this movie? <laughs> uh, from Prometheus, yeah. Nah, fuck Prometheus. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that was how I knew. I was just like, what is this ship that they're in? I'm like, ah, it's that Prometheus fucking wheelie ship that crashed and almost crushed that red-headed person in Prometheus. (laughs) It does crush Charlize Theron, I believe, because she doesn't run out of the way the right (laughs) way. And But I'm not talking about Prometheus because that's like, it retcons this movie in a way that like, is super annoying and the the first time i saw prometheus i had seen alien before but i didn't remember it that well and now watching alien again and remembering prometheus it just makes me more angry about that movie oh i'm sorry <laughs> so fuck prometheus i'm not talking about builders in this one they can go fuck themselves <laughs> anyways or anywho john hurt uh spots something weird in another room he asks the others to come join him. We don't see what it is yet, but it's above their heads. He starts climbing up the wall to get at it. He's got kind of like a cosmonaut helmet on underneath his big space helmet. <laughs> so what he finds is what looks to be a huge dead alien body sitting at a gun. And we're not going to talk about Prometheus, so don't even try. <laughs> I, All right. All right. That's fine. Otherwise, like, this alien is like... It looks like a human, except it's, like, maybe the size of, like, four humans put together. (laughs) Yeah, I would say it's somewhere between 15 and 20 feet tall. That's a big alien. Yeah, and uh, Mustache says that it's been dead a long time and it's fossilized. And then he mentions that the bones of it are, are bent outwards, like he exploded from the inside. Let's see if we find out why that is later. And the other woman is like, I've seen enough, let's bounce. And Hurt's doing some more exploring, because he kind of can't stop him from doing that. He's like a dog, just kind of sniffing around everywhere. (laughs) And then Ripley calls Ian home and says that the signal doesn't look like an SOS. It actually looks like a warning. And she wants to warn the crew about it. And he's like, it's too late now, what's the point? 
they'll know by now which it is if it's a warning or an SOS. <laughs> it's like, I guess that's a theory. <laughs> I mean, it kind of works both ways, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no, because an SOS would be like, please come and help us, and a warning would be like, nobody come here. <laughs> right, right. And meanwhile, he's over there just kind of reprogramming things. So it's like, please come, bring dinner. <laughs> it would be like if you found like a note in a bottle that was like, come to this island. And instead, like you got there and they're like, no, no, no fold it back. It's like, don't come don't to this come. island. Other side, lepers. <laughs> like, shit. And also and my hand just fell off. <laughs> They're coming over the hill. <laughs> so, did you get my letter? <laughs> it's time to write with a decreasing amount of fingers. But anyways, back on the ship, Hertz dropped down in some giant ass room that he calls a cave or something. He's being kind of belayed down, and he says the room is fully enclosed and full of leathery objects like eggs or something and he mentions that there's a layer of mist covering the eggs that reacts when broken and then he kind of falls down <laughs> into the crevice where all the eggs are like a jerk he's waiting for him to fall go whoopsie <laughs> he does look embarrassed like oh my goodness how embarrassing <laughs> i mean you would beep too if you're like oh cool mist Look, you know, I touched this and whoa, whoa, crack open like 10 <laughs> eggs. Like so many face huggers, only one face. <laughs> That's and what they say. They just say. like fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, he's surrounded by all the alien eggs and he goes to get a closer look at one. They're sort of pumpkin sized and like black and gross looking. Mm-hmm. But he can see something moving inside one of the eggs. Then the egg opens up, and because it's H.R. Geiger design, it opens up kind of like a gross vagina. I'm just being honest with you. I think he's just grossed out by women in general. Yeah, that's pretty clear. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, let's see. We go for a POV closer look at it, and then a facehugger shoots out onto his mask. It's really fast, though. You can't really tell what it is. Nah, it's just like something goes like... That's like 80% of this movie is that it's it's just dark enough for you to be like, I can't really tell what's going on, but something's definitely going on. I mean, that's by design to like uh, cover the fact that like, you know, the stuff's very rubbery and stuff. Right, right. No, for sure. I mean, you could definitely tell when they do put a lot of fluorescent light on it. Yeah, or any time later when the alien does hands. No, it comes later. Don't we? Don't don't spoil it. All right, we'll talk more about jazz hands later. Uh, let's see what else is happening here. The uh, crew makes it back to the ship, and Scared asks Ripley if she's there. And Ian Home runs down excitedly to the door, like a dog does when its master comes home. And then Scared and the other lady are ready to head back in. But Scared's like, "Oh, hey, you know, there's something attached to John Hurt's face." Ripley's like, what? Yeah. She's <laughs> like, you can't let him in here. You gotta, like, quarantine if he's touched by something on, like, another planet. And he's like, what? No, I'm overruling you. I want back out of this ship. She's like, no. And then Holmes yeah, just kind of opens the door with her, uh, easy as could be. Yeah. 
you know, this scene happened and I was like, wow, this is too real. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a little rough in COVID time for them to be <laughs> for them to have as much talk about quarantining as much as they should. And especially for all the characters to be like, yeah, those are the rules for quarantine, but obviously they don't apply to me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny for a movie in 1979 where they even knew, like, oh, yeah, quarantine protocols. And this is what happens when you breach those protocols. Yeah, you have one person patiently explaining, like, no, but, like, if we let you in, then everybody could get sick. Yeah, and she, she cool as a cucumber, like, I can't let you in. Yeah, no, she was right. Goes, yeah. Obviously, with the way things turned out, she had the right call on that one. Would have been mm-hmm. something for them to watch that fucking alien burst out of him outside of the ship. <laughs> like, oh, shit, wow, well, we'll miss him. <laughs> Just kind of dump his body off the platform. <laughs> so... And then the fucking chest burster is like, no, you're supposed to take me with you. <laughs> Why? Why did they follow quarantine? Then it, get hit, it gets hit by the hailstorm and dies. So back in the ship where they should not be, they cut open scare, or, uh, they cut open John Hurt's helmet with some space surgery thing. And... They all have masks on inside there, and the face hugger is tightly around Hurt's face, and it kind of wraps his uh, its tail around his neck when they try to pry the helmet off. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when you're having sex and someone's choking you. It's like, it's so good, but you gotta be careful. Because I assume that that's, you know, what the face hug is, you know, pumping its... <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's got his genitalia in John Hurt's mouth now. Why don't right? you sit the next few plays off, Jim? <laughs> oh, anywho. Oh, lordy, what's happening? The rest of the crew watches through a window. And Scary <laughs> yells at home that they need to get that thing off. So... Home gets a clamp to uh, get one of the digits off, but it clamps down even tighter. Don't you fucking say anything. <laughs> <sighs> From the other room, Kato thinks maybe they should try to freeze him. Then he kind of shouts it over the intercom into the room. He's like, why don't you try freezing him? <laughs> It'll preserve it. Now they put hurt in a medical scanning machine, face hugger and all. They see there's something down his throat. And Holmes like, it might be giving him oxygen. Scared's like, yes, yes, interesting. You know what we should do is probably cut that fucking thing off his face. And Holmes like, well, let's not be too hasty. It might kill him if we did. Scared's like, yeah, I'm willing to gamble on that. Well, he's like, yeah, if it's feeding him oxygen, then it's probably like, if we take the thing off where it's feeding him oxygen, it might kill him. Yeah, but I mean, like, the other side of that is like, yeah, but if he doesn't have that thing on his face, he could just breathe. <laughs> well, we didn't ask John Hurt to see if he breathes better with this thing on his face, now did we? Like, if you put a pillow over my face that had a tube for breathing down my throat, and someone was like, we can't take the pillow off, how would he breathe? They'd be like, what? No, <laughs> the pillow's the problem. It's like, why don't we ask John Hurt? John Hurt, do you like this thing on your face? Are you just... 
<laughs> this is a very visceral representation of male rape, which is why people don't like this movie. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bilbo's like, see, he loves it. <laughs> It's the happiest day of his life. That thing's like a fucking kazoo. <laughs> so he does blow on it and like its legs just go. <laughs> like that's how it feeds. <laughs> it eats the musical notes. Uh, <laughs> the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> All right, they get the little space surgery thing, and then they cut a tentacle on it. Then some acid comes out and burns through the floor. Then Scarrot runs down the hall where that's gonna eat through the whole ship. So they run down several floors and find out it went through about three of them before it stops. Uh, not quite getting through the hole. Yeah, this happens, and I'm thinking to myself. Cool, we're going to worry about the floor, but they literally cut the leg on John Hurt's head, and it's like, they're four floors down. I wonder what's going to happen when they run upstairs and they see that John Hurt's head is, like, melted. (laughs) (laughs) Really, he's got a lot less cheek than he used to have, you know what I mean? (laughs) You just hear soft muddled screams like... (laughs) (laughs) He was like, he's doing great. <laughs> Let's cut another one. <laughs> so Skirt gets a pen from Stanton to test the uh, acid. And Kodo's like, hmm, that's a wonderful defense mechanism. You don't dare kill it. I'm like, that's pretty smart for a maintenance guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, that was right on. <laughs> And Stanton and Kodo are still trying to get the ship up and running, complaining about landing on the planet. Kodo's like, let's hurry up and get out of here, because this place gives me a fucking creeps. <sighs> and Home is still observing with Facehugger in the other room, looking excitedly at it under a microscope. And then Ripley comes in and calls it amazing, and asks him what it is. He immediately looks put out and says he doesn't know yet. And then he's like, do you want something? Because <laughs> yeah, he has fucking no chill. me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, how's John Hurt doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, him. Uh, he's alive, so. And she's like, and the face hugger? And he's like, well, cells keep changing, making it uh, one tough little son of a bitch. And she's like, hey, here's a question, Mr. Science Officer. Why'd you break the quarantine? And he's like, well, I was obeying orders from uh, Tom Skerritt. And uh, also, I didn't want to, uh, John Hurt to die. And she's like, but now we're all going to die, maybe. And he's like, well, sure. But uh, maybe I risked all of our lives, but that's a risk I was willing to take. And she's like, this is a pretty weird decision for the science officer on the ship to make, which is completely right. So she can tell something's not not right is going on here. Any right. thoughts, Vin, on this little exchange? Clearly, he's fucking hiding something. He's been snively this whole entire time. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he's a shifty little dude. <laughs> How else did he get that ring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he steals it. Nasty little hobbit. But anyways, <laughs> he's like, piss off, and then he drinks some milk. I'm sure that won't come back. And then he's like, hey, Tom, scare it. Uh... 
he calls up Tom Skerritt to tell him that John Hurt is missing a face hugger. So Skerritt calls <laughs> Ripley. They go down to meet him in the infirmary. When they open the door, they tiptoe around the room looking for the missing alien. And when they're looking around for it for a bit, uh, the door was left open. And Home kind of goes and like closes it like real quickly because he's like, "No, no, don't let my precious beast out." <laughs> well, Ripley finds it, and the fucking thing just like falls dead on the ground. And I was like, "Yes, yeah, that was like the right reaction too." She was horrified by like just dangling looking spider fucking thing, you know? Yeah, it was like if a tarantula dropped dead off the ceiling on you, like it wouldn't be fun. Well, it's funny because I saw her react that way, and I'm like, fuck, dude. I would, like, grab that thing and start smashing it against the fucking wall where it'd be like, kill it, kill it. And, you know, then the acid would probably get all over me, and I'd be like, (laughs) That's why they call you No Hands Albrecht. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a far side moment brought to you by Big Brother. (laughs) So, Holm takes the thing to dissect it, and he proclaims it dead. Ripley's like, awesome, toss that shit in the trash. He's like, we gotta take it back to Earth to study it. And she's like, we don't know what that thing's gonna do when it's dead. He's like, it's not gonna turn into a zombie. (laughs) He's like, but I do have a theory about what's going on in John Hurt's belly. I don't want to tell you, you'll find out. Well, it's funny because they're all so excited. They're just like, oh, you did it. You made it out, man. And they're like, really excited and he's like i'm just really hungry you know guys and like <laughs> yes everything is okay mm-hmm. you skipped ahead a little this is after uh tom scarrett and uh sigourney weaver have a conversation in the hall about not trusting ian home oh right yeah i passed over that and then he asks about the repairs and they have some stuff left and he's like maybe we just take off without some of these things repaired yeah, Ripley's, like, really responsible. She's like, yeah, no, obviously you don't want to do that without the backups in place. Right, and then basically Top Scare is like, I don't fucking care, we're taking off. Yeah, he's also sort of like, I'm not, like, I don't have anything to do with this alien shit. Like, I'm a dude who runs a commercial ship, and this is way over my head. It's way above my pay grade. Where's that bonus, by the way? <laughs> It's like, you know, there's been a lot of idle talk about bonuses around here, and I'd like to join them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so, yeah, they take off, everyone's me? tense at first, but uh, the ship does appear to be fixed, and they're all having a little bit of food later, and then Kato's like, we should freeze John Hurt because he has a disease, and they can fix it at home. <laughs> and then home calls him in to take a look at John Hurt, and he's up and at him, then. Yeah, and this is where it's all of what I said before it happens yeah he doesn't remember anything from from the planet but he's like i had a horrible dream that i was being smothered and everyone <laughs> on the ship's like yes that was a horrible dream well i wanted to tell and he's like listen before we go back into cryo sleep i gotta eat something and they're all like ha, 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 let's all do this so they gather around the table to eat as a family, and Hurt is very hungry. Home is kind of watching him closely from the other side of the table. <laughs> Snively little fucker. <laughs> He's just like, it's gonna happen. He's like, this could be a real show. <laughs> He's like, you idiots, you're putting him around the food. This is great. 
He's like, it's a good thing I don't have to eat. Except <laughs> <laughs> uh, drink this precious milk. Yeah, at the table, Hurt starts retching. And everyone's like, what's the matter? And then he makes sort of like a choking noise. And he starts shaking violently. And then Holm comes over and shoves like a pen in his mouth so he doesn't like chew his tongue off. And right. the rest of them hold him down while he's shaking. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, this is the scene. Yeah, no, it's probably you know the most famous scene from this. And then he screams, and a blood spot appears on his chest. And everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> and then a little alien bursts out, and the alien kind of looks around at all of them, and they're all just staring at it like gobsmacked, like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> You know what's funny is that like the internet and memes have ruined this scene for me because the, immediately when this happened, the only thing I could think of was the fucking WB frogs like "Hello, my baby, hello." My... Oh, and yeah, I forgot. that's from Spaceballs, though. It is. Oh, it is. You're right. Okay, okay. I was like, where did I hear that from? So it this was... scene is just ruined for me. It was John Hurt in Spaceballs too. They got him for that scene. I, man, it's been some time since I've seen Spaceballs, apparently. Yeah, obviously. Give it a shot. Check out John Hurt. He's going to burst that chest, man. <laughs> so, Kodo holds up something to stab it, but Holmes stops him. Because he's like, no, no, the, uh, the acid. <laughs> yeah, and that thing, like, scampers off, like, really fast. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, it looks like a little puppy taking off. <laughs> More like a like a snake, except instead of like kind of swiveling back and forth, it just zips. It doesn't even like wiggle. I described it as surfing out of there. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the word I'd pick. Yeah, it catches a little wave. So <laughs> the crew and it holds up. It's like you know two little tentacles and does the fucking uh, <laughs> the two the tubular. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for the shark that bites into that thing. <laughs> like, that's why I got no jaw no more. <laughs> Anyways, what's happening here? All right, the crew gathers solemnly as they shoot John Hurt's body off into space. They, yeah, well, the scene happens and, and fucking uh, mustache goes. Does anybody have any last words? Nobody says anything, which, wow, dicks. Then they shoot his body off, which I assume is the trash compactor, or rather the, the trash chute. Yeah. And there's this, like, big crossbar that he passes, and I'm like, wow, he's lucky his body did, like, fucking just doink off that thing and just keep freaking spinning. <laughs> right. Because, because of the lack of, the lack of air would have just kept spinning for eternity. <laughs> The cloth would come off of him and just untwine and his body would just be cartwheeling in space. <laughs> Imagine someone like seeing that coming with like a telescope and be like, ah, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> um, anyways, they gather up a bunch of weapons to fight it and Stanton is showing everyone a big ass prod he has. Then home has made a tracking device which uh, basically tracks any moving object. And then Scarret picks it up, and Home waves his hand in front of it to see how it works, and it basically just beeps. And then they're splitting up into two teams to hunt it. 
Ripley heads, heads underneath with the two maintenance guys, and they're looking at the circuit boards because it seems to be burnt out down there, and she's like, I thought you fixed it. So while they're trying to fix that, she's moving around slowly, pointing the movement device, not getting any hits. And then the lights come back on on their own, and Ripley grabs them to move slowly towards the next room. They open the door and head in, and the motion detector starts going off, and Kodo heads over with the net, and Stanton's ready with the stun gun, and then they open a shaft. And Vinny, is there an alien in there? Nope, just a cat. That's right, yep. No alien at all, just little Jonesy, the cat, and he's hissing because he wants a jump scare, and he's going to have it. Well, they, so, like, they drop the net and it bolts away, and then they get pissed off at Coda because they're just like, why'd you drop the net? It's like, it's just a cat. Yeah, and then they have an argument where they're like, well, this motion detector's not going to work with that cat around, so Harry Dean Stanton, go back on your own to catch that cat. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's the end of this guy's run. <laughs> so... He heads off on his own, calling for the cat, and we can hear his voice echoing through the empty corridors. But there is no Jonesy to be found. And he gets in the middle of a room, he can hear the cat meowing somewhere in the distance, he keeps calling for it, and then the cat jumps out of nowhere, and then shuffles out of the room. You... Uh, Vinny, I have a question to ask, and you might not know the answer to this. Because of the way that the alien works in this movie, it seems like the cat's meows bring it a couple times. Can the alien mimic the cat's meows? No, I I don't think so. The alien just can, like, breathe deeply. The, the reason I ask cool. is, do you know what the original ending of this movie was? No. It was that the, the alien would kill Sigourney Weaver and then use her voice in order to go back to Earth. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if, like, that... In some tellings of the tale, it's something the alien can do, so I wasn't sure if that's what was happening. You know, maybe that was the process that they came up with, but they didn't really fix it. Maybe it was, like, retconned in, like, future alien movies. I, I Hey, you're on to something, but you know what's weird? What's that? Is that this dude's traveling and looking for the cat, and he ends up in, like, out of some fucking engine room or something that it's just raining everywhere. It's just, it's just, just fucking pouring inside the ship. And I'm like, what is the purpose of this room? And this man just stands there for a second, takes his cap off and just starts drinking the water. That's like falling on him. And I'm like, I, I am baffled. <laughs> Not only that, there is an alien around that's drooling acid. So, my mind was just like, what if that alien was just standing above him, like pissing all over him? He's just drinking that alien piss. There was, a, I hadn't seen the movie for a while, so there was a few seconds where I was like, does he get acid dripped on his face? And it's like, I feel like I'd remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just standing there, taking acid pee on his face, and. <laughs> I would like to note before he goes in that room, he does find the alien skin because it's getting bigger. <laughs> but yes, he stops to uh to drink the water, and uh, it's in this like really tall room, and yeah, I guess the other question is like the water's dripping there, and I'm like, okay, like maybe a pipe burst or something, you know, during the impact. But it's like, shouldn't you like stop that so like the shit doesn't rust or something or like damages your instruments? 
I don't know if it's a pipe burst or if that's supposed to be like, well, that's how you keep the fucking engine cool, is that there's just some sort of irrigation water system. It would be awesome if it was just engine cooling. He's like, I'm getting drunk as fuck off this right now. <laughs> it's so sweet. That's okay. I'm going to die soon anyways. He's like, this will make some good oatmeal cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the Jack Frost episode, folks. Um. Anyways, what's going on here? He's still walking around, calling for the stupid cat. Then we get his POV as he wanders through the room. He finds the cat crouched around the corner, but the alien drops behind him, causing the cat to hiss. And he's like, "Hey, man, I don't know what your problem is." To the cat, essentially. And the alien is gigantic now, like way bigger than Stanton, and he can't believe it as his <laughs> as the trademark jaw pops out of the alien with like the second mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like the little <laughs> the little worm like chest popper suddenly grew its body. <laughs> it's know? like he stayed the same, and the other alien grew yeah. around him. Yeah. <laughs> That's like how I like to believe it. That would be an incredible way to grow. It'd be fucking cool. Imagine if you were just like a dude, but then you're like eventually just a part of a bigger dude's mouth. Yeah. Then every now and then his mouth would open and you'd be like, here I come. Ah, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, it's fucking insane to think it like that, but now that you mentioned it. Oh, what an existence it would be to be living inside another person's mouth. Like, you're just, like, sleeping in there, and then, like, all of a sudden he shoots you out to, like, punch through someone's head. That's what I, I that's exactly how I described it, too, where it's just, like, it's not, like, a piercing thing. It's more like, like, you just, he punches people with his little mouth. <laughs> and, like, you were pretty sleepy, so, like, when it opens up, and you're like, uh-oh, what? <laughs> Here it comes, right through another brain. Yeah, no, like, it, it'd be like it uses you like that thing that uh, Anton Chigurh uses in No Country for All Men to uh, knock people's heads in. <laughs> Except it would be your head. Then you'd go back in, like, probably concussed in the mouth, like, oh, oh, oh. Like, puking in there, and then that guy's gonna puke out your puke. All right, he's speechless. I got him. What a, what an existence. <laughs> so anyways, when the alien drops down, we watch the cat watch his murder kind of impassively. Yeah, the cat just kind of has this look on his face like, well, I've seen some shit today, but that is some shit. He's like, we knew this would come to a bad end. <laughs> so we cut to the crew discussing the very recent murder. They're like, well, obviously it's moving through the air ducts. And Scared's like, well, if it's in the air duct, we can drive it into the airlock and shoot it into space. So they decide to make up some flamethrowers to force it out. Ripley volunteers to go in. Scared's like, no, you and Home are on the airlock. I'm going into the vents myself. Then Scared's back in the main computer room asking Mother how to kill the alien. The Mother's like, unable to compute. Yeah, he's real like, fu- doing uh, some real out shit where she's just like, what's an alien? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, like, help to get it out. And it's like, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, the and computer. And he's like, what are my chances at survival? And it's like, uh, 
I mean, it's not great, man. I mean, uh, dude does not compute. Yeah, Mother is definitely ghosting them, where it's just like, I don't, I don't know. You're fucked, I guess. Yeah. So the teams are assembled, and Scarrett's heading into the vents. Let's do this thing, Vin. One team is tracking Scarrett, and the other one's tracking the other side. He's crawled through the dark vent, flame coming out of the end of his weapon. There's sort of a constant beeping as the motion detector does its thing. He crawls along sweating. He orders them to close the main hatch behind them when he gets in. And I have to say, and I'm not proud of this, but it's the absolute truth, all these hatches look like buttholes opening and closing. <laughs> Can you imagine getting stuck in one of those and you're like midway through, you're like, wait, hold on, Sigourney. Like, it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, like, we all know what that's like when certain things get stuck in those hatches like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> then you wipe too early and it's a real mess. I don't know. Anyways. You, you think that that Ridley's got was just like, do I dare get this man's head chopped off by this butthole <laughs> and then to push it out the other side? Or like H.R. Geiger showed up that day and he's like, all right, I designed your buttholes for you. He's like, I said hatches. And he's like, what? I heard it my way. (laughs) Hatches, buttholes, same thing. He's like, you got to close up that butthole to keep that alien rapist out of you. It's like, what? He's like, I have very gross dreams. Oh, that's he's like German. So he'd be like, I have very gross dreams. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Tom Scarrett shoots off his flamethrower a little, hoping to drive back uh, the alien if it's around. And he's heading down into the third junction, whatever the fuck that means. And then the alien disappears off the motion detector. The other woman's like, you should see it. It's where you are. He doesn't (laughs) see shit. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. Oh, no. And then the alien's heading right at him. And he's like, okay. Now head down the ladder, and the lady screams, No! That was the wrong way! <laughs> it was like, maybe up the ladder would have been helpful, that jerk. She's like, but she's like, that's the wrong way. You gotta move. And it's like, well, where am I going? <laughs> I'm in a fucking air vent, not a field. <laughs> anyways, it was the wrong way, because the alien's there. And he hops out all like, ha-sha-sha-sha. And he holds out his arms like, give me a hug, buddy. <laughs> that hug's cut short because we just kind of like, we go back to Sigourney and she's trying to call for uh mustache. Yeah. And then they're like, they're all meeting sadly again because there's been so many murders. <laughs> but that like, well, just means that the-, the metric on fucking bonus is just getting ever so bigger for them. <laughs> Pluses and minuses. So, they found the flamethrower, but the body's gone, and Ripley's in charge now. And she's like, let's go ahead with Scarrett's plan, which worked so well before now. <laughs> the other woman's like, let's get in the shuttle and take our chances. And Ripley's like, the shuttle won't fit for her. So Lady's like, yeah, fine, let's draw straws. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like ever so close to like, let's draw straws. And it's like, well, lady, it's okay. We don't have to wait that much longer. She's like, I'll fucking kill all of you to get that shuttle. You get me? <laughs> I'm the only one without a name in this. 
<laughs> she's like, it's a surprise that I wasn't the first one to die. It was. Rest in peace, John Hurt. <laughs> so, Ripley presses through with her explanation through Kodo's complaints. And uh, Ripley's like, hey, home, do you or mother have any suggestions on how to help? And he's like, uh, we're still collating. She's like, you know what? Fuck off, science boy, because you haven't helped up until now, so... <laughs> I have access to Mother. I'll go check this out on my own. And Kodo's heading around the ship with the flamethrower, kind of determined to kill it on his own, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then Ripley heads in to speak to Mother. She asks the computer, Hey, why can't you figure out how to kill the alien? It's like, mm, I know why, but only the science officer can view it. And she's like, uh, Alright, well, I'll fucking override that with an emergency code then. So they're like, Oh, okay, yeah, never mind. Let me just tell you. Uh, basically, you're supposed to collect a specimen from a nearby planet, and all other considerations are secondary, including, you know, whether or not the crew lives. Yeah, it literally says the word expendable. Crew is expendable. (laughs) So, Ripley's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I was at that point in the movie, too, where I'm like, oh, fuck, they got him. (laughs) Because I've never, it's just like, that was where I was like, wow, I really haven't seen this movie. That's that's pretty incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this company don't give a fuck. <laughs> so when she leans back to cry, Ian Holmes next to her looking all creepy. Yeah. And she kind of shakes him by his lapels. <laughs> and then she He's heads a little out man of the room. to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she heads out of the room and he locks all the doors so she can't get out. He's kind of sweating some white liquid from his scalp. <laughs> I'll tell you why in a minute. And then he roughs her up, giving her a bloody nose and tossing her against the wall with ease because he's much stronger than he looks like. And then his eyes kind of flutter strangely after he tosses her down. And his, his fingers start like spasming like he can't control them anymore. And then <laughs> then he rolls up a magazine and starts stuffing it down her throat. I think it was a dirty magazine too because like all the photos behind him were like of naked women. So I was just like, he's got a Playboy and I think he's going to beat her to death with it. And, oh, no, he's pulling a Jack Frost and trying to make her choke on the dirty magazine. Oh, yeah, no, this movie's co- committed 110% to violating people's bodies. <laughs> so, Koda and the other lady come up to stop him, but he kind of grabs Kodo's heart to stop, to like, get him off of him. He, like, squeezes it. But uh, Kodo ends up beating him over the head with, like, a fire extinguisher or something. Then Holmes spins around uncontrollably spitting milk everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then Kodo knocks his head off, but it's kind of holding on like nearly headless Nick. He, ta- <laughs> he takes the the dirty magazine that was rolled up and knocks his head off with it. Is that what he did? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. That's a hell of a swing if that's the case. Yeah. So his body comes back to life, though, with the head hanging off, and he tackles him. And then the other woman beats him with the stud gun. <laughs> so Kodo wants to know why they sent a robot, because that's obviously what he is. Ripley's like, they must want the alien for the weapons division. And he's like, he's been helping the alien the whole time. It's like, yeah, he wasn't that subtle about it. <laughs> so they hook him up to some jumper cables and set his head on the table to get some answers. And his eyes open up and some milk spurts out. And he talks, but his voice is kind of echoey now. And he reads off the order, which we all know by now, which is like, 
yeah, yeah, bring back the alien. If the crew dies, who cares? And they're like, well, that sucks. Oh, yeah. And then Ian Holmes like, well, you know, that's like the robot's life, though. I just kind of follow the programming. And Holmes like, listen, you can't kill it. It's the perfect organism. It's structural perfection, which is only matched by its hostility. And Ripley's like, you admire it. And he's like, I admire how unclouded by morality or delusions it is. Kind of like a certain robot sitting in front of you. It's me. <laughs> I'm a monster. I'm not like you humans. I'm way better. <laughs> so in response, she unplugs his head, leaving him dead there. And they head out of the room. Yeah, Toto uh, turns back and he, yeah. uh, he lights his head on fire. Just as, you know, a little bit of payback. That's the last little fuck you. He melts the face and it's got like this weird like mannequin like face after the he melts the skin off and it's like ah it's creepy looking. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's disturbing. So they're heading to the shuttle now, cause guess what, lady, we're all gonna fit. Like <laughs> yeah. See? If we solved the problem. Just but, had to kill a robot. Yeah, I mean if they knew he was a robot, they he would have been the first one they killed. <laughs> So, they need to snag coolant for the shuttle, so Ripley sends them down to get some and heads off to the pod by herself. And then she opens the door, giving the shuttle pod room to uh, shut off on the out- shoot off on the outside. But uh, she hears Jonesy meowing. Or is it the alien? I don't know. <laughs> and then Kodo and the woman are grabbing coolant downstairs, kind of clanging the canisters all over the place. And Ripley's back in the ship looking for the cat, and man... You gotta let this cat go. Yeah, I, I made note of that. She was just like, Jonesy. And I was just like, why? why? What is it about humans where we just can't let those things behind? Well, listen, there's like the screenwriting phrase is always save the cat, which is like what you do to uh, show that your guy in the story is the good guy. And she must follow the strictures of that rule, but... Yes, she's very logical otherwise, so it just doesn't seem to fit with what else she has going on. Like, the lady who's like, yeah, you're all going to have to wait outside and die because of the quarantine, wouldn't be like, but I'm going to risk my life for a cat. Right, exactly. So, but, you know, I'd have a hard time leaving the cat, too. I mean, I'm not a monster, but... Of course. Well, that's because we're human. So... After searching endlessly, and honestly, it feels like it goes on forever, the cat gives her a good jump scare, and she scoops him up and puts him in a little cat cage she had, which I was like, where did she get that from? It's like sort of a metal thing, too. It looked interesting. (laughs) That's one word for it. They're back in the shuttles, they're loading up the coolant, but then the alien comes up on the other woman, and it rises to its full height in front of her, and Kodo's like, you gotta move, because I can't shoot that thing without exploding everything. But she won't, because she's too scared. So he goes to grab it, but the alien grabs him and, like, basically, like, puts its tail between her legs. Because, again, with the body violations. And then Ripley hears them screaming, and she's kind of running through the ship to try to get them. But eventually, Vinny, those screams stop. <laughs> yeah, that dude... Koa's head's gonna get punched in by little mouth, so... Yeah, that's right. That little Jake's gonna come out of a big Jake's mouth and get him. 
like, little one-two oh, punch. <laughs> so Ripley finds their dead bodies and then pieces on out of there running through the ship frantically. And then she pulls up the self-destruct sequence somewhere else in the ship. And we hear the countdown start. A bunch of steam sh- starts shooting off in all the rooms. Which I'm like, is this what it has to do when it does self-destruct? Yeah, man, it's disconnecting and probably, like, like I don't know, priming the area for, of, you know, you know, easier explosives, I guess, right? Yeah, maybe that's, like, explosive gas. I guess that could be right. Which is great, because now she's breathing all of those fumes in. It could just be pure oxygen, like I said. Although it looks like a nuke goes off when it happens. That's true. So, uh, let's see. We hear the countdown. And then the steam starts, and then Ripley gets caught in a strobe light, and the alien pops up out of nowhere. Because he's like, I'd look silly without a strobe light, so this is really helping out. Then, like, Ripley does, like, a weird, like, backup motion. <laughs> and she, like, slinks, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and this next part, there's a lot of running, a lot of alarms, and a lot of steam. All right, so there's something wrong with the cooling system. But they're kind of past the point of no return. Yeah. So Ripley calls Mother a bitch and then smashes a monitor. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because she's just like, Mother, enable the sable. And she's like, yeah, I can't do that. And I assume that a bad graphic smiley face shows up. <laughs> and she's like, why didn't you bring my alien back, Ripley? <laughs> so she heads back in the ship again i don't find this part that fun to describe no she's just kind of running all over the place with the flamethrower again yeah the strobe lights going off so she goes back and ends up getting the cat yeah she finds the cat although that seemed like an accident like she's like oh yeah whoops right jonesy <laughs> well she ended up she had to go that way anyways i think to get to the the ship to escape and she ended up going back because well the xenomorph was in its way yeah okay all right you could suss out what was happening there better than i could mm. just seemed like a lot of screaming and running to me yeah and then uh she sets up the coordinates in the the uh, pod which she gets to with only one minute left and then fires up all the dials the pod takes off she gets out just in time the ship blows up when it goes up the blast is like a nuke and it's so bright that ripley has to cover her eyes and ripley's like man well we did it. So she opens up a cryo sleep pod and puts the cat in it. Hey, you know, it's like that's just one less thing you got to worry about. No more fetch quest stuff. I would like, I have to imagine that like they better have a, a cat setting on that. Otherwise they're going to like open it up and just have a frozen cat. Yeah. They're <laughs> <be> like, whoops. <laughs> but anyways, she, uh, she takes off her clothes Leave it just her tidy underwear and her little tank top. And uh, <laughs> this is a fairly iconic scene for a lot of horny nerds. <laughs> and then the alien pops out of nowhere. It was lying in wait the whole time in the escape pod, Finn. It was lying between like these like pipes and just kind of surprises her. And I'm like, ah, shit. He must have heard her say out loud, well, there's plenty more room inside this ship now with two more people dead. <laughs> Yeah, although honestly, the alien's much less aggressive in this scene. Yeah, he's just kind of hanging out. He's just like, fuck you, lady. I'm trying to get off this ship, too. He's like, two passengers on this pod, all right? Oh, and one cat. <laughs> so she goes to hide, and then she kind of peeks her head out. 
And uh, she's like, yeah, I'll be damned. There's a fucking alien in here. (laughs) (laughs) There's strobe lights going on the whole time. So you can't see that he's rubber covered in Vaseline. (laughs) And then Ripley zips herself up into a spacesuit real quiet. And slowly, while the alien sends its second mouth out to just kind of be like, oh, hello there. Oh, man, we missed it before. So he fucking, um, there's, there's a moment where, like, the xenomorph, I th- I can't remember if it's when he kills Coda or someone, but he's got a moment where he does, like, these robotic hands. <laughs> we missed the jazz hands part. Oh, he did jazz hands when he grabbed Scarlet too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, his hands look silly. It's almost they like, look like big black versions of like Herbert the Frog's hands. It's almost like the actor in the suit was just like, what am I supposed to do with these hands? And it's just like, I don't know. They're like, be menacing. And he's like, got it. Hoodio! <laughs> so, Ripley, after she zips herself up uh, into the spacesuit, grabs a harpoon gun. And then sort of arms it slowly while the alien's hissing by himself in the corner. And then she softly sings Lucky Star while spraying the alien with coolant. Well, it's <laughs> like one of those moments like heroes, like, you know, they got to be real brave for like the one last moment. And like she's singing that song. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Jake, what would be your song in that moment? For an alien? No, just like your your last hurrah song. Like, what's the song you're singing to keep yourself brave? Mine would probably be uh, fucking, was it Lent? Lent? My own worst enemy? Because, I mean, that song shows up it's everywhere. It's Lent. Yeah. I thought you were saying for a second, like, Lent, like, steal your sunshine. And <laughs> <laughs> you steal I'd my sunshine? I'd probably sing Closer by Nine Inch Animals. I'd be like, I want to fuck you like an animal. Did you say nine-inch animals? Nine-inch nails? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But also, they're nine-inch animals in there. I've I've measured them. (laughs) Where are we at? Uh, She sprays it with coolant, and uh, the alien reaches out for her, but she hits the airlock, and he gets sucked out. And he kind of grabs the corners of the ship, but then she harpoons it out. Although the harpoon gets stuck in the door when it closes. <laughs> yeah, and then and then when the door shuts, the alien, which is now just the suit, just kind of bounces off the fucking <laughs> ship. <laughs> yeah, it looks silly. And then it's like, hold it on, but the propulsion ends up knocking it off into space where it floats to death one price. Uh, it gets trapped in like the engine and gets burned and then like it falls off. <laughs> Somewhere, yeah, to like yeah. acid burn through a planet's core. <laughs> so she gives her final report that's basically like, well, everybody died but me and the cat. And the cargo of the ship are gone. Hopefully I'll live. And I say this, yeah, lady, you'll be back for three more of these. It's kind of like a semi-happy ending in a way. It is like six people died. Well, for her, I mean, like, it's it's like, oh, I made it. Like, I don't have anything to fear. There's no, like, weird secret, like, things are going to pull here. Yeah, no, she made it. So Ripley goes to sleep, and dear listener, so shall we. That is the end of Alien. Vinny, you selected the movie. It is upon you to ask me the eternal question. Jake. Mm-hmm. 
Did I scare you? Uh, no, no. Alien, uh, Alien's too iconic at this point to scare me because it's just like all the things that are surprising I knew about well before I ever watched it. And then obviously this is watching it again. So, no, it didn't scare me. Vinny, did it scare you? No, like I said, because it's so engrossed in pop culture, they've done so many things with like the xenomorphs and the chest poppers that's just like it's not no longer really terrifying anymore the only thing that still freaks me out are the face huggers like just like something that latches to you and is basically pumping its babies through your mouth is no you know that's not fun yes that's the thing that makes men uncomfortable watching this movie is the idea of a man being raped and then having to give birth in a way that he doesn't want to and ends up destroying his body. So, yes, a lot of people, uh, they, they have a palpable discomfort with that when they watch this movie. Makes um, sense. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. I think it's an all-time great. So, I've watched quite a few uh, not-so-great alien movies chasing the high of this one. <laughs> Been trying to get back to the beginning ever since. Oh, yeah, no, everyone's looking for that first score. All right, uh, Vinny, if you were any character in this movie, who would you be? I probably would end up being John Hurt, where it's just like, wow, I'm in space. This is amazing. <laughs> I should really give it all I got, you know? <laughs> Never going to get a chance, because you know, I don't think he ever complains about the bonus. He's very excited to do everything they're supposed to do there. Yeah, and then, you know, he ends up getting the facehugger, which I feel like my dumb ass would probably end up happening to me. And then the only thing that I can think of is after I passed out and probably pissed my pants after the thing latches to my face. Well, I'm really hungry, guys. Uh, nothing really weird happened to me, right? <laughs> no, 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 nothing. <laughs> you might want to go take a shower. <laughs> yeah. All right. If I was anyone in this movie, I think that I would probably have to be Harry Dean Stanton because I also don't want someone coming down to where I'm working and getting in my way. <laughs> a lot of like the characters you pick are just a lot of things where you're just like irritable for like work conveniences where you're just like i just like like these guys because i'm like fuck you stay away from me while i'm at work i feel like it just speaks to me uh on a personal level Vinny, what is uh your gifable moment of this movie i feel like we're both going for the same thing here yeah it's the alien jazz yeah it's definitely the alien <laughs> jazz hands it's definitely anytime you're just like i'm here buddy i just yeah like guess who's here it's me the alien or it's like, don't forget to wash your hands. Because, <laughs> you know, he's dripping and whatnot. It's a multi-use one. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, Vinny, is there anything else you want to talk about with the alien? No. Nope. You want to talk about Sigourney Weaver in it at all? I mean, obviously, uh, it's like Ripley's an iconic character. She went on to play it many times. Launched her career. I feel like, well, to me peak Sigourney Weaver is definitely Ghostbusters for myself but I am very glad that I got to see this movie um because she was great she's oh, just yeah she's an all-time yeah 
she just exudes competence in this. Yeah, there's only one moment where she like flubs a line but kind of runs with it. Where she's like talking, like they're talking about the bonus again. Then she tells him to fuck off. But she like, I forgot what she says. She says something kind of like half-assed. And I was just like, ooh. Uh, Maybe another take. <laughs> she said something where it's like, by law, like you get your share or something like that. And then she says, fuck off. Right. And I think she says like some with the by law. It was kind of flubbed a little. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird little scene. Yeah, no, she's great. Obviously, she was uh, nominated for Best Actress for this. Um, she's she's fantastic. It shows. Yeah, I really liked how. That's all I really gotta say. I just I just really enjoy her. I thought the stuff with Ian Holm was handled very well too, where he kept having plausible explanations for why he was doing the things he was doing, but it was also the sort of thing that adds up to like, nah, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, yeah, she can she can smell that he was a snively little shit, like, and it's it's good. Whereas like, she's not stupid and just going along with it. She's also, you know, if they had follow quarantine protocols, everybody would still be That's alive. That's not true, except for no. John Hurt. Let's <laughs> say except no, for John no, Hurt. No, not Tom Skerritt or the other woman either. When that thing burst out of it, although no, because they would have to stay out there till it grew. Oh, yeah, that's true. Did she say that they weren't allowed in? Yeah. All of them? Obviously they weren't. None of them were allowed in. I mean, she's right, though. No, she's absolutely right. Yeah. It makes me crazy in the other Alien movies how, like, people show such disdain for, like, obviously uh, not contaminating yourself in situations like this. Yeah, for sure. It's like the dude in Prometheus that reaches out like, ooh, pretty snake thing. It's like, what the fuck are you thinking, man? You're a scientist. I think that dude was more of a mercenary. I don't think that guy was the scientist that reached out. He was no, he was a scientist. It was goofy oh, ass Rave Spall. Oh, okay. Okay then. Never mind. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> Alright, Vinny, I guess that's gonna do it for Alien. Um do we have any mail that came in this week? We No. <laughs> we just have apparently Ted Cruz tweeted something. This is going to our... You know, then you read it. <laughs> what do you tweet? Uh, Ted Cruz says that would make too much sense. And it was to Ari uh, Flesher's why not hard hit struggling business owners who need assistance without regard to the color of their skin, gender, or ethnic heritage. Oh, Lord. Well, that's a stirring message for Martin Luther King <laughs> Jr. Day. Oh, wait, no, uh, uh, that's uh, revealed too much. Of course, I mean in the middle of February where we are. <laughs> wink, wink. All right, you're right. I don't want to talk about Ted Cruz or George W. Bush's press secretary, so never mind. Yeah, me neither. Bail. <laughs> All right, Vinny, uh, well, would you like to tell the folks at home where they could reach us if they would like to email us? Yeah, if you'd like to email us, I mean, it's a long shot now, but, I mean, if you'd like to, <laughs> you could do so at disypod at gmail.com. That's disypod at gmail.com. It's all lowercase. Uh-huh. What about if they wanted to contact us on Twitter or Instagram? At Twitter, you could do so at disypod. 
and on Instagram it's did I scare you pod one word. All right. Uh, all right, Vinny. So I guess it falls upon me to pick the movie for next week, and I thought this was an inter- interesting choice that you made. It was something a little more, bit more my speed, and mm. I thought it would be better to do something a little bit different from this because this was very contemplative, and I'm looking for something with maybe a bit more action, maybe a bit more excitement, something that's maybe not as intelligent but is still pretty interesting in its own right, and that's why... I'll say no more, Jake. You're going to pick Eight-Legged Freaks. Uh, that's an interesting thought for a future episode, actually. <laughs> but, um, no, Vinny, that's why I will, of course, be selecting the 1980s sequel to this movie, Aliens, directed by James Cameron, available on HBO Max. Oh, we're going back-to-back, okay. That's right. I feel like we haven't done back-to-backs, like, shit since, like, Nicolas Cage, so... Yeah, but you know what? I feel like Aliens is enough different from this movie that eh, it could still be interesting to do it. And uh, I haven't watched it for a long time, so I would like to... Have you seen Aliens before, then? No. I, I would most certainly say I have not, so... Oh, all right. See, this is just like an alien education you're getting, then. Oh, I'm excited. This is This is gonna be great. I'm I'm all on board. So please watch along at home. And I don't think we have anything else to get to this week, Vinny. So you have been listening to Did I Scare You? And I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. And I'm his co-host. And little brother Vin. And <laughs> one more time with that, please. Hit it extra hard. I'm his little brother Vin. <laughs> All right, and hey, thanks for the ride, lady. How you doing, lady? Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady.